Well, hey guys, thanks for joining us again today as we continue our series that we began last week and it's called Endgame. And as we said last week, just like in chess where you play the entire game with the end game in mind, life is kind of like that. If you really want to be good at life, you live your entire life with the end game in mind. So you ask yourself questions like, what do I want my life to be like? Uh, what do I want to have accomplished? Uh, what I want to have become, to have been a part of, what do I want to be remembered for? And this leads us to the end game. And as we said, all of us are on a path to very specific destinations. We're either headed towards the thing that I want to be or what, you know, what I want to accomplish, or I'm headed away from those things. And every one of us are on a path to somewhere. And so we said the principle of the path is this, that your direction not your intention determines your destination. Direction, not intention, determines destination. So if you go out there and get on 85 and head north, you will eventually end up in Raleigh, even if your intention was to go down to Atlanta for the opening football game between the Panthers and the Falcons. If you head north on 85, you are going to miss the game because direction, not intention, determines destination. And when it comes to driving... I think most of us, you know, we say that, well, that makes complete sense. But when it comes to our money, our marriages, moral standards, entertainment standards, educational pursuits, and all the other issues of life, there's just this huge disconnect. Like, you know, we desire to end up here, but our path has us going there. And when we get there, we wonder why we ended up there. And we blame God and we blame other people. But in reality, it was just the path that we're on. So direction determines destination every single time. So the question that we have is, how do you know which path to be on? Honestly, I mean, how do you know what path you need to be on? And this is tough because we all want to make the most of our lives. I know you do, right? No one wants to wake up in their 40s, 50s, 60s and regret the choices that we made in our 20s, 30s, or 40s, right? We only get to live each stage of life once, so we don't want to waste any time on the wrong path. And the problem is, it's not always easy to know which path is the right one. We can dream and wish for one thing, but end up taking a path that takes us in a different direction. So how do we know which path to take? And how do we know when we're on the wrong path, right? How do you know that dating that guy or dating that girl is really the right path for you? Because dating is a path, right? I've told my kids ever since they were teenagers, Every date is a potential mate because you never marry someone without dating them first. So kind of keep that in mind, you know, when you're dating. Is this someone that I would like to be married to? But beyond that, how do you know the job that you're doing, right? All right how do you know that it's going to help you reach the goals that you have for your family? How do you know a second marriage 
is going to get you where you want to be. How do you know if buying that next car or buying that next house or moving the family to that new city or heading to that certain college or going to college at all, how do you know that any of this is going to get you where you want to be? The way that we handle our money, the relationships that we choose, the jobs we take, the decisions we make about our health, they are all paths that are taking us somewhere. They are not isolated incidents or events. They have a cumulative effect on our life. So it's important to be intentional about the path that we choose, which is why it's important to ask ourselves the question, is this path that I'm on going to take me where I want to be, right? We don't have, I know you don't, I don't, we don't have time to waste. Time is life, and the last thing we want to do is waste our lives. We don't want to get years into our lives and realize that we've gone on the wrong path. We certainly don't want to have to go and backtrack and start over, right? If we get lost driving, we can always turn around and find our way back. But if you get lost in life, it can be much more difficult to find your way back. We can waste years, even decades, going down the wrong path. Now, there are many ways to figure out the right path. I'll acknowledge that. So today, I want to talk to you about one way that's found in the Bible. The verse I want to introduce to you is Proverbs chapter 27, verse 12. And from this verse, I'm going to teach you a prayer that you can pray to ask God for guidance in your life. And this prayer can help you to stay on the right path, right? So let's start. Let's look at this verse together. Proverbs chapter 27, verse 12. The prudent see danger and take refuge, but the simple keep going and suffer for it. Now, we've all made mistakes that have led us down a difficult path. Right? I've talked to many people who are trying to dig themselves out of a financial hole or a relational problem that they created for themselves. Right? Too much debt, a bad marriage, an entanglement with someone that they wish they had never met, addiction, or a bad business partnership. And like we said last week, when someone tells you their story, you can see where it's going, right? You can tell that they ignored the warning signs and made choices that led them to where they are now. And you've probably asked people, well, didn't you see this coming? Or, or when she said that, didn't you think, oh, no. Or when the credit card bills started piling up, didn't something seem wrong to you, right? You, you ask these questions. And nine times out of ten, if they're honest, the answer is yes. They knew they were making a mistake, but they ignored the warning signs and just kind of hoped for the best. They thought that they could get away with it, but they ended up exactly where they did not want to be. Let me tell you, life is complicated enough without making it more complicated by our own choices. And if we complicate our own lives when we ignore the warning signs and make choices that we know are wrong, then we have to dig ourselves out of the hole that we created for ourselves. So again, let's read this verse. The prudent see danger and take refuge, but the simple keep going and suffer for it. So in this verse, he's kind of comparing two types of people, the prudent and the simple or naive. And they're both facing the same situation, but they have two different outcomes. The prudent person says is wise and discerning. So what it means is they are able to see the danger ahead and take steps to avoid it. They understand that life is often linear, and one thing leads to another. So if you're point A, then B, then C, the odds are you're going to end up at D. And they think about the consequences of their actions, and they make choices that will lead them to a desired outcome. 
The simple person, right? They're naive. They lack wisdom. They don't see the danger, or they see the danger ahead, and they're easily led astray. They only think about the present moment, and they don't consider the future. They make choices that are impulsive and reckless, and they often suffer the consequences. The prudent person is kind of like a driver who sees a stop sign ahead and slows down. They know that if they continue at the same speed, they will get into an accident. The simple person is like a driver who sees the stop sign and just ignores it, goes straight through, and they think they can get away with it. But eventually, they do that enough times, they end up getting into an accident. And and here's the thing, and listen very carefully. We all have the potential to be prudent or naive or simple. Like we, We all have the potential. No one thinks, well, you know, I can just get around that. Just because you were prudent in the past does not mean that you are incapable of being naive or simple when facing another decision in the future. It is up to us every single time to choose which path we're going to take. If we want to avoid suffering, we should choose to be prudent and wise. The prudent see danger and take refuge. The prudent person sees the danger, takes action to avoid it. They're they're looking down the road and thinking about the consequences of their action. They are aware of the risks that are involved, so they take steps to mitigate those risks. But the simple keep going and suffer for it. The simple person, they, they see the danger, but they do nothing. They may be aware of the risks, but they choose to ignore them. Uh, They may think they can just get away with it, or they may simply not want to deal with the hassle of taking action. They see the trouble, and they think, well, this is probably going to be a problem. I really ought to do something. Well, what what, what are you going to do about it? Well, um, mm, no. I I probably should stop. Mom or dad, you know, you're right, but I'm just going to keep going. I probably should change. Well, what are you going to do about that? Nothing. They see the stop sign and decide to keep driving, all the while believing nothing bad is going to happen to them. And no one wants to admit that they're simple or naive. I I get it. But if we see danger ahead and do nothing, or worse, we see it and keep going, then the Bible says we are naive or simple. We may think that somehow we can avoid the consequences of our actions, but Solomon is saying here that we cannot. Right? We're like a man on a raft who hears a waterfall ahead and says, well, that's up there, and I'll just deal with it when I get there. Besides, right now the water is calm right here. Now, here's the thing. Religious people, church people, often handle this message in a similar way. You might think, well, man, he's right. I really should cut back on drinking. I, I really should get a budget. I really should end that relationship. I really should start looking for a different job. I, I really should stop flirting with that person at work. Right? And you can even feel really convicted about those things right now. And, and, and while you're here, you may even feel pretty bad about them. And the mistake that many religious or church people make is to think that the conviction is enough. And so nothing changes in their behavior. And they'll like, wow, you know, preacher, you really stepped on my toes. And somehow you have fooled yourself into thinking that that bad feeling is enough. So you don't need to change your direction. Let me, let me tell you, that is not Christianity. That is useless religion. It's a waste of time to feel convicted and then do nothing. It actually does more harm than good because it gives us a false sense of security. Solomon says, not me, he says you're simple. You never miss church. You know all the songs. You get emotional at times, but you keep going. And if you, that's you, 
You're naive. You're simple. But the prudent see danger and do something. But the simple feel convicted and keep going. They just feel conviction. The prudent person sees danger, takes action to avoid it. Naive person, they feel convicted, but they just keep doing the same thing. And if we want to reach the destination that we want, that God wants for you, we need to be like the prudent person. We need to see danger ahead and take action to avoid it. We cannot afford to be naive. Now, Solomon tells us there's two different results. And the first one is this. The prudent, they take action. They take refuge. You know what the result of being prudent is? The prudent person, they may look foolish at first. They may seem to be overreacting to a situation that doesn't seem like a very big deal. The prudent person is often seen as being cautious or sometimes paranoid. But in reality, they're simply being wise. They know that it's better to be safe than sorry. They don't wait until there's a problem before they take action. They take steps to avoid problems before they happen, right? This may seem foolish to some people that are around him, but the prudent person knows it's better to look foolish than to suffer the consequences of inaction. So they think it's better to be safe than sorry. So they take action. The simple, Solomon says, they suffer. They always suffer harm. Eventually, they suffer harm. The simple person, they keep going. They keep going. Even when they know they're on the wrong path, they keep going. And they may feel convicted, but they do not change their behavior. They may think that they can somehow break the principle of the path, but God works through principles, right? If you come out here and you stand on the top of this building and you jump off, you're going to hit the ground. It's called the principle of gravity. The simple person always suffers harm. This is because there are certain points of no return. Once you pass a certain point, it can kind of be too late to change your course. And you may have good intentions, but your actions will still lead to harm. For example, it's too late to start saving for retirement when you're 60 years old. You should have started saving when you were much, much, much younger. Similarly, it's too late to reevaluate a relationship once you're pregnant. Right? You, you should have done that before you got pregnant. Addiction is another example of a point of no return, right? Once you're addicted, it is very difficult to break the habit. There may be some good options available, but they will be very difficult to implement. In life, there just are some places that there are points of no return. There are situations that left unattended, they become so complicated, there's just no good options left. Sometimes I sit and I meet with people in my office and I have to tell them, well, man, if you were to come to me a year ago, three years ago, there were still some good options. But now, honestly, you, you've got three options, and they're all bad. Now, I will tell you, I believe God can redeem any situation. I've seen it happen in my own life. But you don't want to go down that path intentionally. The simple person tries to break the rules, but they end up only breaking themselves. They suffer harm because they didn't take action when they had the chance. Remember, direction, not intention, determines destination. If we're on the wrong path, we will eventually suffer harm, no matter how good our intentions are. So let's spend some time. Let's get really practical with this. How do we apply this to, to our life? How do I apply this to my life right now? Well, two of the most important areas to apply this principle are relationships and finances. All right, relationships and finances. And you would prayerfully look at these two areas through the lens of this principle 
It would radically change the direction of your life. So let's start with relationships. How can I apply this to my relationships? And when it comes to relationships, never evaluate a relationship based on where it is. Always evaluate a relationship on where it is moving. Relationships are dynamic. They don't stay in one place. They're either getting healthier or unhealthier. They're either growing or dying. If you can see the direction a relationship is moving, you can make better decisions about how to respond to it. For example, if you're in a marriage and your partner has been saying that they think you need to get some counseling, you need some help, but you think, well, we're good. We haven't had a fight in a week. You need to pay attention to the direction the relationship is moving. If you ignore the warning signs, the relationship may eventually reach a point where it's too late to save it. If you're married and you're starting to enjoy the company of someone the opposite sex in the office, it's important to be aware of the risks that are involved. If you continue to spend time with this person, it could lead to an emotional affair or even a physical one. So see the danger and do something. The same thing is true if you're single and a married person is starting to come on to you. It's important to set boundaries and avoid getting involved in anything that could jeopardize your relationship or theirs. Do something is what Solomon would say. These are the paths that lead to trouble. If you're feeling tempted, it's important to understand, protect yourself and the relationship. You can talk to your spouse, a trusted friend, a therapist. You can also avoid spending time alone with that person you're attracted to. It's just important to remember the prudency danger and take refuge. They do something. If you choose to do nothing, you will have to live with the consequences. The prudent person doesn't respond to where the relationship is. They respond to where it is heading. So the second thing we look at, finances. Okay, Debt is not an event. Right? Debt is a path. It's a destination. If you're in debt, you're on a path that leads to financial slavery. The Bible says that the borrower is slave to the lender. If you are a slave to debt right now, you will probably be a bigger slave five years from now, ten years from now. You may have good intentions, but if you're on the path of debt, you will eventually end up in financial slavery. The prudent person sees danger, right? and they see the danger of debt, and they take refuge from it. They don't wait until it's too late. The same principle applies to finances in general. If you don't have savings, you're on a path to financial disaster. If you don't have good giving habits, that means you probably lack self-control and you're on a path towards selfishness and greed. The prudent person sees danger and takes refuge, but the simple keep going and suffer for it. We need to be prudent in our relationships, we need to be prudent in our finances, right? We need to see the danger ahead and take action to avoid it. We can't afford to be naive. We need to be aware of the consequences of our actions and make choices that will lead us to good things. Now, if you decide to get serious about this principle, real quick here, I want to give you four words I want you to write down and remember. And the first, action, right? If you get serious, you're going to have to take action. You're going to have to do something. Not just pray, not just think about it, not just talk about it. You need to take action to change your situation. This could mean making a phone call, moving, downsizing, ending a relationship, getting a new job. When the prudent see danger, they take action. They do 
something, to refuse to act is going to guarantee disaster. To wait until trouble arrives, man, that, that is going to be trouble for you. Second thing, sacrifice. Taking action will require you to give something up. This may be a relationship, a reputation, money, lifestyle, or something else that's important to you. It's important to remember that the sacrifice is worth it in the long run. But generally, sacrifice is not something we're good at, not, not in our country. This is why you have debt, because you're not good at giving stuff up. In fact, you probably have stuff that you can't afford, but you've never used it, right? That's just the culture that we live in. The idea of sacrifice is so foreign and uncomfortable to us, but to apply this principle is going to require sacrifice. Taking action will always require sacrifice, which is why most of you, you know, we we just don't do it. It's why most of you today are going to get in your car and go home convicted, yeah, I probably should do something, but in reality, do nothing, right? And I'm not trying to be harsh, I'm just being honest, and I want the best for you. I want to challenge you to make the sacrifice. Third word is embarrassment. You just need to understand when you take action to avoid danger, you may be embarrassed, right, by the choices you make. This is because you're taking action based on what might happen, not on what is happening right now. Your friends and family, they may not understand your choices, and they may think that you're overreacting, but it's important to remember that you're doing what is necessary to protect yourself and protect your future. So there'll be some embarrassment. But here's the good news, this word here, relief. When you take action to avoid danger, you will eventually experience relief. This is because you will have taken control of your situation and you will no longer be living in the fear of what might happen. You may look back on this time, this day, that you got off a path that was leading to heartache and trouble and go, oh, wow. Right? And one year from now, five years from now, 10 years from now, you're going to look back and say, what if I hadn't acted? What if I hadn't downsized? What if, what if I didn't end the relationship? What if I didn't change jobs? What if we didn't go to marriage counseling? What if we didn't start to put God first in our finances and give generously? There are no regrets for those who read the warning signs and act appropriately. But it is easy to keep going and suffer harm. The, the choice is yours. So, I said I was going to start with a prayer. Here's the prayer I want to teach you. If you want to be prudent and take action, you can begin praying this prayer here. It says, Lord, help me to see trouble coming long before it gets here and give me the wisdom to know what to do and the courage to do it. This is a great, simple little prayer. And there have been some key times where God has shown Jody and I trouble and gave us the strength to avoid it. Uh, For instance, uh, Back before we moved down here to Union County, we'd put a contract on a new house in an area called Huntersville. And right after we signed the contract, the housing crash happened. And houses in the neighborhood were all of a sudden selling for 50000 60000 less than our contract. So we made the very difficult decision to bail, lose our earnest money, and just start renting a house. And that decision was difficult for us. We'd never been renters. But it seemed like the prudent thing to do. That decision led us to buying a larger house here in Matthews for less money than we paid for that house. And on the relational side, about 20 years ago, Jody and I were the pastors of a successful church that we started back in Atlanta. And one day, Jody came to me and said that she felt there was a single woman that was spending a little too much time around me. Now, I could have blown my wife off. 
I could have told her, hey, you're overreacting, but I chose to apply this principle, the prudency, danger, and take refuge. So I became very intentional about not spending alone time with this particular person. I, I put up several guardrails in place to make sure that it was impossible for anything to happen in secret. Now, had I done nothing, would something inappropriate happen? Right? Was I overreacting? I, I don't know. But here's what I do know. Because I decided to take action, nothing did happen. And those are the kind of things that I would challenge you to consider. So, let me ask you, just be honest with yourself. Where do you see trouble coming relationally? Is it that person at work that you kind of get excited to see? Is it that you're starting to feel disconnected in your marriage? Is there distance growing between you and your children or growing between you and your friends? Where do you see trouble coming? Maybe it's in your finances. Are you spending more than you're making? Right? Are you having trouble making your monthly payments? Do you have a budget? Do you not have a budget? Are you saving for retirement? Do you have an emergency fund for when things break? Now, once you identify the trouble, take action to avoid it. And this may mean doing something extreme, like breaking up or quitting a job or firing that person or seeing a counselor or getting a new phone number, getting rid of the internet at home, cutting up the credit cards, selling a house. It's important to take action now before the trouble gets worse. Because if you don't take action now, I promise you it will happen and you will have fewer and fewer good options left. You may even reach a place where there are no good options available. So I challenge you, pray this prayer. Lord, help me to see trouble coming long before it gets here and give me the wisdom to know what to do and the courage to do it. All right, let me pray with you right now. Heavenly Father, we come to you today seeking guidance and protection. Uh, we know that trouble can come in, in many forms. And we ask that you would help us to see it coming long before it gets here. Give us the wisdom to know what to do when we see trouble ahead and the courage to take action to avoid it. We, we know that this uh, may not be easy, but God, we trust you that you will give us the strength that we need. God, we also pray for those who are already facing trouble. God, I pray that you would surround them with your love and your protection and you would give them the wisdom and the courage they need to overcome whatever it is that they face. I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Well, hey friends, thanks for joining us again today. If you think today's message might be valuable to someone that you know, would you mind sharing the video? Uh, not only could it be helpful for them, but by sharing this content, as well as liking and subscribing to this channel, you are helping us as a church to accomplish our mission to raise the reputation of Jesus. And along those lines, I ask you each and every week, uh, could you head over to our website, nextlevelchurch.org, uh, click the Give button that's there, and I would just love it if you would choose one of the giving options because it is your faithful support that helps us raise the reputation of Jesus where we live, work, and play. Now, by way of benediction, let me read the verse I read to you last week, James 1, 5, again. It says, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. May you again. Know that the Lord can guide your heart and mind in every single challenge and decision. May you trust in his promise to generously impart wisdom to all who ask. And may you have the strength 
to follow that wisdom. Hey guys, have a blessed week. We'll see you back next week as we continue in part three of this series.